Wrestling with my brother We got a podcast, yeah Wrestling with my brother Hello and welcome to the podcast that once gave birth to a hand. It's wrestling with my brother. It's okay. I don't get it. Uh, May Young gave birth to a hand. Did she? She did. Mark Henry's oh. baby. Oh. Well, I'm, I'm hoping a lot of other wrestling fans are together. That flew straight over my head this week. They had a reunion episode many years later where the hand was now a teenager. It was the most bizarre thing you'll ever see in wrestling. So we no idea whose fevered mind that came from, but it's just so random and weird. Sounds very Vince Russo, doesn't it? Yeah. So we gave birth to a hand. What? what? Should I do another one? (laughs) Have we got another one in reserve? Have you got a? I've got a whole list. Right, do another one. Try another one out. Hello, and welcome to the podcast that has a reservation at the Smackdown Hotel. It's wrestling with my brother. Better? I like that one better. Have you got a third, or we... we... Let's just move on. Move on. Good. Hello, yes. Welcome to the podcast. Everyone's favourite podcast. Professional wrestlers alike. Me Young, Hands, Hotels. They all love our shit, bro. We're blowing up. Good. (laughs) <laughs> Good. I am pleased. This is Darren, my robotic brother. We well, re- we, do, we don't we don't produce all this content for nothing. We want people no. to at least enjoy it. Sure. Jesus, we're busting our asses here. We are. We are busting our asses. You've had like five intros. We're really working it. Yes, our Twitter's blowing up. We're loving life. We got some amazing clips for y'all this week. I th- I think we've peaked. I think we've got we got barbaricness. We've got hilarity. We've got some great wrestling. I really am pleased with the choice of clips. Uh, well, if we peak, that means it's going to be downhill from here. Let's, let's not say that. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of feel like that every week. But then we we have another peak. Anyway, we're getting on with it. Wrestling through the ages. The most random-ass thing. I don't even understand it. You don't understand why we do it. I'm going to play a little short little clip. And just tell me your thoughts on on why this is significant and why this sound and this tune is significant to us as brothers. Go. <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> it's, uh, it's weird. like our wives are involved. Our dad is involved in this. Explain... In, in wrestling through the ages, I don't, you don't have to say why or how it came about because I have no idea, but but what is it with this? Explain. So it's the, the Big Boss Man's theme tune, well, the, the second theme tune he had when he returned to WWE um, in his kind of nightstick, flak jacket, enforcer-type mm. gimmick. Um, and I have no idea how it came about. I got a feeling you said something to me about wrestling or about something maybe in a wrestling context and then i just did those first three bars duh, duh, duh. Um, <laughs> and uh, to, to to suggest that what you said was in some way controversial and that's yeah. it it's it's now our family's thing and it gives me so much pleasure to think that we're probably the only people on earth yeah who use that 
those three bars or three notes in that way to denote controversy. And the fact that even our dad, who has no interest in wrestling whatsoever, does it as well. Well, our nonsense. He, he doesn't do it in fairness, does he? He says, oh, there's some controversy. We go, go on, do the noise. And he goes, ah. <laughs> he kind of trails off the knees as half-assed attempt. But it's just so random. I think it's because it was so dramatic at the time. He's Titantron. He's, um, he faces away from the camera. And then he turns and his eyes cold as ice. It's really kind of, oof, that's a month. And yeah, now like my, my wife will do it constantly, at least once a day. Duh, duh, duh. I, I just leave it there. But I couldn't have a wrestling through the ages thing without putting that in. I, just it's just bloody weird, but it's it's brilliant. Well, all families have their little in jokes and their their asides and they their secret little languages, and that's ours. It's just a little do do do. But like I said, my my wife does it. Your wife does it. You know, my our father occasionally. It's it's the controversial noise. It's just right. a thing we do. So you've got two young young daughters. They're next, as yeah. Goldberg would say. So when they when they're hitting their teens, hey, that's a bit controversial, isn't it? That's that's my wish for our family. Get them on it. Does anybody else use that? I mean, or any other <laughs> WWE theme tune in any any way to mean something other than what it originally means? Let us know. I would like it to mean controversy, though. I don't. I don't want a happy little ooh, little jingle. No, none of that shit. Controversy. Do you have any other any wrestling related anything? Any noise to denote controversy within your household? Your first clip, go. My first clip is very dirty. Dur- dur- <laughs> <laughs> this is AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns at Extreme Rules 2016. I'm not going to lie, guys. I got serious goosebumps right now. And that's what it's all about the most prestigious championship in the history of sports entertainment the WWE World Heavyweight title. Roman Reigns has held it on a few different occasions. AJ Styles has never had the opportunity. Will tonight be the night for AJ Styles? Extreme rules. Anything goes. It's a big fight feel at The Rock. Now, I'm a huge fan of AJ Styles. I have been ever since I first saw him in TNA about a decade ago. And I think you were the first one to tell me how good he was. And you said, oh, you've got to watch this guy. I think at the first time I saw him, um, he, I mean, he was amazing, but he was involved in a bit of a crap gimmick as one of Ric Flair's fortune stable, yeah. which didn't suit him or his personality at all. But nevertheless, you know, such a good wrestler. And again, I think he fits the mold of the kind of wrestler that I gravitate to. Those smaller guys with a good range of innovative moves, that mix of speed and strength. You know, your Jerichos, your Angles, your Benoits, your RVDs, yeah. that lot. Um this match was rated four and a half stars by Dave Meltzer, the wrestling journalist, so I thought I'd talk about it here. Now, I can't say I'm a big fan of Roman Reigns, but then again, neither of the crowd in this match. <laughs> no. Just constantly chanting, Roman sucks. And I think he was popular as part of the Shield, and then he tried to break out as a single star, but the fans were annoyed that he just kept getting constantly pushed and pushed and pushed right to the top even though he, he didn't have that kind of natural um, character to, to be there. He wasn't developed organically. And I think they were annoyed with that. 
Anyway, onto the match itself. Um, some of the offence in this match was quite st- stiff and aggressive. Um, I was hoping that kickoff table might get smashed. <laughs> but I love the phenomenal forearm off it. Yeah. Um, what I thought was quite funny, as an aside, I like how at uh, 9 minutes 30, the ref is appealing for AJ Styles not to put Roman onto the exposed floor while blatantly standing on the mat to make sure that the floor stays exposed. <laughs> I'll hold this down for you, but by the way, I object to this completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, a little bit daft. I mean, Styles goes through two announced tables, German and Spanish, so uh, multinational uh, <laughs> announced table breakage. Um, when he gets backdropped through the announce table, I thought that was really good, the height that he got on that. Um, <laughs> but what I liked about that, the crowd, it was still, you still suck, you still suck. No. Poor Roman, can't do anything. But it was a bunch of good moves. The Romans raises edge into the sit-down powerbomb, the uh, style suplex of the turnbuckle, the rain spear through the barrier, the top rope Superman punch. And again, going back to the dynamic what I thought was interesting was AJ was clearly supposed to be the heel yet the crowd were on his side um, and they wanted him to win on his own merits so when Anderson and Gallows interfered they booed them yeah which was really interesting when the chair got involved and the styles clash onto it the rings landed bollock first on the chair that was hilarious <laughs> and that spear finish at the end that was good that really looked impressive and yeah just a good match I think probably bought out a lot of the best in, in Roman Reigns and just showcased what AJ Styles was all about. I agree. I love the, you can't wrestle. I thought, oh, God. And yeah, like you said, how much he was pushed and how pissed off the fans were. You could have put a goat in against Roman Reigns and they cheer for the goat. You know, you could have put the most hated. Why are goats hated? Why did I go to a goat? It made no sense. You could put Vince McMahon. You could put anyone, you know, who's... who's universally hated in the wrestling world. Hitler. Thank you. You could put a Hitler goat in against Roman Reigns and he would, uh, yeah, he would still come out on top. But this is our first AJ clip, uh, as uh, yeah, I believe so. And yeah, just an amazing competitor who made his name, name for himself in TNA. Um, but you made a really good point. I think he is the RVD of our generation because not only do his moves look so impactful, but he takes moves like nobody else. Like that back body drop through the announce table, the way he flipped and rotated his hips got so much more elevation. And the same with the Razor's Edge powerbomb. He made those moves and those spots look amazing. And that's why I look for in a wrestler. You know, you, you can power drive any wrestler. You power drive RVD, Jesus Christ gets more elevation than he does doing a frog splash. So, yeah, I mean, I, I quite like I quite like Roman Reigns. He, he's got the charisma of a tomato, but you can't hold that against the man. I think he's got a few good moves. Um, you know, the spear's been done to absolute death. I wish he'd have gotten a new finisher. But, you know, yeah, it, it is it is defiance. I think it's the, uh, the rebels in the WWE audience that go, no, if Vince is behind him, we hate him, you know, and we know Vince has stars that he favours over others. He's really close to John Cena and he's still a crowd favourite, but I think, you know, that's more backstage. Um, whereas, yeah, <laughs> because Vince endorses him, I think everyone else hates him. But yeah, it was a good match, good chemistry. And to be honest, I don't think they needed the interference. That kind of distracted me a little bit because it was, they did have really good chemistry and it was a real physical bout. And 
do interference for a purpose or to further an angle. Don't do it just to break up the action. It was a bit distracting for me. I don't think they needed that. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought the interference was was out of place and there were just too many at one point as well when you had both of the tag team, you know, the four men um, getting involved. It's like it just detracts from the fight that's actually mm-hmm. taking place in the ring. But um, yeah, back to Roman Reigns. I mean, I do respect him and his ability and I think he's the crowd are on his side a bit more now than they were then. But I think it's just the fact that he was being pushed to the moon and there was no you know, organic fan support behind him. And and just at every opportunity, it was like, this is the guy you have to get behind. And at that point, the fans are smart enough to say, no, we don't want to get behind this guy just yet. You know, we might want to, but not in the way that you're pushing him. And it's just that uh, unwillingness to to change your position or to move from that path that I think is... is a, annoys a lot of people about Vince because you know the man is a visionary and he's done wonders with WWE but he's so inflexible yeah. about certain things and if he's got somebody he favours he will absolutely push them to the moon at the expense of others who might you know have more fan support behind them and, and deserve the spot more than them yeah I mean us wrestling fans do not like getting told who to like who to cheer for and who to boo you know, we'll make up our own minds and sometimes, well, like, you know, when they brought Hogan back um, after the death of WCW and they, you know, reignited the NWO stable because he'd been away from the WWE for so long. My God, the reaction he got was amazing. And he was supposed to be this, you know, stubble-faced heel. No, it's Hulk Hogan. He's back in the WWF. You're not going to take nostalgia away from us. You can't push him as a heel. And as a result, he was back in red and yellow you know, in no time at all, even though the NWO really should have become the next big stable in, in WWE. But yeah, don't don't tell us what to do, Vinnie Mac. Make up our own goddamn minds. I mean, sometimes they do get it right and they listen to the fans, like with like the Hogan example you mentioned with Daniel Bryan as well, the Yes movement. Yeah. I mean, he was so over that they just had to to put him in that main event at WrestleMania with Batista and uh, Orton. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna be involved at first, but um the fans have got behind him so much. And that's it. it sometimes you just can't ignore them. Um, but it seems when as far as Roman Reigns was concerned, they did. But anyway, that's to take nothing away from the two of them because this was a, a great match and probably deserved that four and a half stars, I think. Yeah, no, it was really good. I did, uh, I did enjoy it. Good uh, first pick. Oh, yeah. We've changed the format a little bit this week, but I think for good reason because um, your, not your idea, your pick of an extreme match you know, we're going to segue into my idea of an extreme match. And the first clip that I've chosen this week is John Moxley versus Kenny Omega at AEW Full Gear. Good God Almighty, what are we seeing? The mutilation of two grown athletes who hate each other so badly that they're willing to do this to get a victory. This crowd cannot believe it and neither can I. Look at this. Look at this. So to quote JR straight off the bat, this is going to be bowling shoe ugly at times. It's coming to the world. So basically Dean Ambrose was being suffocated by the WWE um, and he wanted out. Um, and, and it goes back to his kind of indie roots of John Moxley. Uh, now I saw... 
John Moxley at a CCW tournament of death where he gets his own hair sawn off by uh, a wrestler in, in quotes called brain damage. Now he had a, it, like a motorized saw and it actually, you know, he's got that big floppy fringe where he used to, it, it soared through his, his hair and you see his hair literally coming off. So he was like a big deathmatch star and he loved the hardcore kind of style. But Vince obviously pushed him in a different direction. And what a perfect kind of mix. You know, he, he'd be amazing in ECW if, the, if they were still around. If he jumped ship to ECW, not Vince's incarnation, that'd be amazing. But holy potatoes, what was going on with this match? 42 minutes. And I've watched it a few times. And I, I had to watch the entire thing again. Uh, uh, speechless. They outdid each other so many times and I'm the biggest hardcore wrestling fan even I think they might have gone too far I mean it was such a hard hitting contest and it took Omega to the extreme because he's a very physical athlete you know he's he's so impressive with his wrestling but he's not known for hardcore and you know for him to step up and do this with John it, it was amazing and and just the comment from John Moxie it's time for some fucking garbage wrestling I'm like whoa <laughs> and then the crowd like minutes later going fuck him up Moxley fuck him up you know it, it was a lot more kind of adult themed and AEW's really flying that torch at the moment I mean Christ we could do an entire episode just on the spots but the double stomp onto the bin the barbed wire sweeping brush the mousetrap board broken glass what's called a barbed wire spider's web, which is really popular in Japan. So they, I've seen barbed wire spider web matches where they do the exact same setup, but it's below a scaffold. And then they're like suplexing off like 20 feet of scaffold into this spider's web, removing the ring padding. It was all very indie slash Japanese inspired, but on mainstream TV. And I mean, those crowd reactions, you know, I know some of the WWE reactions from crowds have been turned into memes over the years and GIFs, but they were so genuine. And wow, that is not how normal hardcore mainstream matches go. It's normally thumbtacks and a bit of barbed wire and that's it. But, you know, as a less of a hardcore fan of wrestling, what, what were your thoughts on it? Well, yeah, well, I want to pick you up on one thing. Um, the first match that I uh, introduced was basically a sanitized version of extreme wasn't it yeah. that is the wwe's pg era of what an extreme rules match is this is the real deal this was extreme from start to finish and i didn't pick the first match because it was extreme it's not what my idea of extreme is it was just to show off aj styles yeah. but my god this is this was so hardcore i mean this took me back to the the death match uh days the hardcore ecw days and I think I agree with you in some cases. I think it probably did go a bit too far. Yeah. But there were so many things that I'd never seen before, like the mousetrap board, um, the the broken glass, yeah. um, the the spider's web barbed wire. No, yeah, oh. the spider's web barbed wire, yes. Uh, I, and I've never seen the ring torn apart like that before in a major promotion. Maybe they do that in indie or death matches, but to actually take the canvas up and slam them onto the bare boards. Yeah. And and we've mentioned before how there's there's no real give in some of these wrestling rings anyway. They're not heavily padded. It hurts when you're slammed onto them. So to be slammed onto actual wood, wow. Yeah, I like both of these wrestlers a lot, particularly Kenny Omega. And 
the stuff about John Moxley being hard done by, I actually read up on why he left WWE because he had such a long run there, you know, as part of the Shield, and then he was quite well pushed as a single star as well. But it was the intense touring schedule and just the fact that he couldn't be himself on yeah. promos and his character he felt was being undermined by Vince. And the angle that, that did it for him, I think he said on a podcast with maybe Chris Jericho's podcast, Vince wanted him to, to talk about having picked up a bunch of viruses or something or being the cure for a bunch of viruses. Some really weird angle like that. And he thought, no, that's it, I'm off, this is shit. That would have gone over really well now, wouldn't it? <laughs> I know. Actually, quite prophetic when you think about it like that. It was pathetic. You're right, Darren. Very pathetic. But there were so many good moments in this. Um, you mentioned most of them. The trash can moonsault. Oh, yeah. Sidewalk slam onto the chains. Those snapdragon suplexes. They look so dangerous. No. Yeah. Um, and you, you did mention it, but I've got to say, how good is JR on commentary? <laughs> I mean, he, he he's obviously aged, and you can tell in his voice, you know, he's he's getting on a bit, but he's still got it. Some of the the little things that he throws in, he, he's head and shoulders above any other commenter for me. I'm sorry, he's yeah. he's great. He he was uncomfortable though, wouldn't he? He he said more than once, "God, this is difficult to watch," and that you know he's bearing in mind, you know, he's seen the hell in the cell match that we've talked about. He's seen blood and barbed wire and fire and flaming tables and thumbtacks. He's seen all this in the WWE. And, you know, that that was, you know, at the height of the Attitude Era. That's as hardcore as WWE got. And this was legitimate indie Japanese, just barbaric, brought to the mainstream. And why not? Christ, no one... If, if you're AEW and you're looking at the state of wrestling, WCW's gone, ECW's gone, it's mainly WWE and then a bunch of indies, and all the mainstream... Impact? Well, yeah, I mean, they... Yeah, to a certain degree. I mean, they were trailblazers, but now they... I, to be honest, they're considered more indie now. I know they've got kind of primetime TV, but they've got more of an indie feel. You know, most of the wrestling landscape is just PG now, dominated by Vince, and... Why wouldn't you do it? If he's doing that, sod it. We won't try and compete with it. We'll do the complete opposite. We'll, you know, we'll make it as barbaric as possible so that jaded WWE fans will go, sod this, I'm off to watch some some blood and guts for half an hour, you know? Yeah, and you, the crowd is obviously into it. it. There's enough of an audience for that sort of wrestling. And the AE-dub chants as well, bringing back the whole EC-dub thing. AE-dub, AE-dub. It's got a lot of spirit of ECW, but... Because, again, it's not just about their blood and guts. They, they're trying to get their name out there as the most diverse company, you know, around. And, and that's another reason why I, I'm really drawn to them, because they're not just about blood and guts. You know, that was a one-off. They haven't done anything before that or since that has topped it in terms of the hardcore stakes. Um, and, yeah, they, they try new things. They have got really fantastic high-flying wrestling, big spots, great stars, Hardcore action, veteran commentators. You know, they're doing a lot of things really well at the minute. So, yeah, hats off to them, the sick bastards. Okay, so on to my uh, second clip. This is Vader and Undertaker on Kuwaiti TV in 1997. My astute colleague, the heavyweight champion of the world, very diplomatic individual. I'm perhaps not quite so diplomatic. 
In fact, I find your, your question and uh, your remarks insulting to what I do. Physically, no man can do what I do in the ring. So, we're in Kuwait in the Middle East in 1997, and we've got Vader and Taker on Good Morning Kuwait, promoting uh, some Middle East tour. Now, <laughs> both of these men, uh, two of the most physically intimidated wrestlers of all time, yeah. and they're on the same show at the same time. Um, now, I certainly wouldn't be asking them any, controver- duh, 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 any controversial or stupid <laughs> questions. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Vader's, you know, actually come wearing his bloody mask, for God's sake. I mean, he might he might have the, the dad on holiday polo shirt on underneath, but he's, <laughs> he's got his mask on. He did, didn't he? Didn't he look like some dad at a convention and his wife's like, yeah. where's the mask that do you do it? Yeah. <laughs> and he was all in black to look, you know, kind of in character, even though he was on. <laughs> But that's the interesting thing, because he looked like the biker taker character there. That's obviously his usual out-of-the-ring Texan kind of get-up. And it it was interesting, because that was essentially what he would wear, you know, five, four or five years after this, uh, for real. (laughs) But yeah, you could tell the host was nervous before he asked him the first question. Um, And I'm glad that Taker said it was such an unoriginal question. It is boring. I mean, even in 1997, it's been asked and answered a million times. You know, it's been done to death. Get over it. Get something, you know, more interesting. Just what gets me about this clip, and I've seen it a few times, is that Vader goes from 0 to 100 so quickly. (laughs) Just like, he's quite calm, he's quite measured, and he's making his point, and then fuck it, the table's (laughs) gone, he's grabbing the guy by the tie, swearing, saying he didn't come to be insulted. Um, And the the best bit about it is just Undertaker just sat there completely (laughs) implacable. He does not give a shit. (laughs) Just He's like, I'd rather be anywhere in the world right now than seeing this middle-aged dad in a mask. <laughs> yeah, he, he just doesn't care. And then afterwards, arguably, was more dramatic because Vader was arrested, um, charged with assault and obscene language. And then because this was apparently the start of a religious holiday, when all the courts were closed, he was actually trapped in Kuwait for two weeks. <laughs> oh, I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Well, apparently um, the producer of the show told them that the question was going to be asked. And there's some suggestion that he said, make a scene about it to improve the show's ratings. <laughs> Obscene language, you yeah. know, on a, on a programme in the Middle East it is it was obviously not going to fly at all. No. And then physical contact of any sort as well, let alone, you know, actual physical manhandling. Um, it, it's just absolutely not going to go down in you know in a country that that's strictly you know Muslim and and totally culturally different to to the West. Yeah. Those sort of things just aren't aren't going to go down well at all. Yeah, it was just. I mean, even at the start when he quite forcefully told Vader, "Right, sit down." I'm like, "Oh, don't, dude. He's the size of a house. Don't demand. If he wants to stand, you'll stand." You know, if you want to do a Ron Swanson and not sit down, he won't sit down. You can't tell Vader to sit down. He'll sit down if he wants to bloody sit down. So I was cringing right off the bat. And then he obviously, the first question, you can tell that Taker was was clearly pissed off. You know, he was seizing, but he was still very professional and quite composed about it. And, and I kind of chuckled because 
watching it and watching the the reporter's response, it made me think, oh, this is like a more extreme version of Sarge taken out on Louis Walter, isn't it? You know, oh, when, yeah. when he took exception down at Nitro and then all of the, the puke fest that followed, it, it's kind of the same deal. This kind of nerdy, he's obviously, you know, he, he probably had no interest in interviewing these guys or at least didn't do any research. And then, yeah, for, for that to happen. But to be honest, right, you're saying the interviewer was was quite intimidated. I think he was shocked, but oh my God, I'd be shit to myself. I love how he just carries on. Like the, the table's turned back around like after it was flipped. <laughs> he just carries on with it. But- I want to know what he's saying. I mean, obviously he can't speak a word of Arabic. So presumably he, he's translating what... Vader said, or maybe he's saying, after this, I'm going to go and get this guy arrested. Everything will be okay. You know? Yeah, that's another thing. It's just so painful listening to him translate. And I'm like, oh, dude, you have no idea what's coming. I bet he thought, I'm so glad I wore my brown pants today because today <laughs> to wear that colour. Oh, it, it was unreal. But, you know, is it is his name? It's Leon White, isn't it? Vader's name in real life. Is that his name? Leon White? I think so. Oh, no. um, you know, he's been, been known for being so heavy-handed in the ring and, you know, potatoing everyone and just his battles were mixed throughout the years. Terrifying. You know, everyone's saying, oh, God, you know, people like New Jack, he's going to legitimately stab me. And, you know, what a terrifying... He's not even a wrestler. You know, he blurs the lines. He was another one of those guys that so many people complained about because of how stiff he was. Like, he was an absolute friggin' powerhouse. You know, he was kind of the butterbean of <laughs> WWE, if you think about it. I think the moment I sat down with those two in the room and, and just assessed my physical size against <laughs> theirs, I'd probably think, yeah, I'm just going to cross that question off. The fake <laughs> one, the, you know, the pretend one. I'm going to move on to the next one. What, what do you like about Q8? <laughs> Where did you get that lovely sweater from? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, just anything else. Like you, you would just be better on the map. You take a completely different tact. And yeah, it was it was classic, classic clip. Oh, yeah. We've done it again where we don't plan it, but it's worked out really well. Now from that promo to this promo, oh my god, I. <laughs> This is one of my favourite things. You know, if I'm down or if I'm having a rough day, I just put this on. It's only like six minutes long. It's absolutely the best piece of TV I've watched outside or inside of wrestling. So this is Jay Lethal and Ric Flair having a a TNA promo um, in Impact back in 2010. It's the damnedest thing I've ever seen! <laughs> no, now the problem with that little soundbite, dear listeners, you ain't gonna have an effing clue who's who, because if you hear a better Ric Flair impression, I want to hear it. I mean, Jay Lethal also does an amazing Macho Man impression. He actually went under the moniker of Black Machismo at one stage at TNA. Um, so not only is he a fantastic wrestler, you know, he was very much in the X Division. <laughs> uh, I, I'd love to know how it came about. I, if he's just like after a, a match in the locker room and he just went woo, and everyone's like, 
holy shit, Jay, they're sounding just like Rick. That's what you're doing next week on TV. Oh my God. Like, like Rick Flair. I love old Ric Flair having an aneurysm every single time he's on camera, whacking himself in the face. Like, that's my line, that's my line. They woo off when Jay Lethal does that rolling knee drop to his own jacket. And then Flair like elbow drops thinny. Oh my God. Like, and, and all the comments to that clip were saying, Rick absolutely loved this for real. And he was trying his damn hardest to be as pissed off as possible. But in true wrestling, my brother fashion, the best comment that I read on the uh, on the clip was, uh, that blonde geese in the ring needs to show Rick Flair some respect when he's talking to him. <laughs> oh God, that's phenomenal. I got nothing else to say about it, go. So good. I mean, Jay Lethal's impersonation is spot on. And I'm, yeah, you, you picked up on the macho man because that is when I started watching TNA. I think that was the character that he was portraying at the time, Black Machismo. And he was so good. And I, I don't know. I don't know why he's not bigger than he is. Um, what, you know, because it's with his mic skills, with his look, with his moveset. He's brilliant. I just... <laughs> You could see some, at some of the other points as well, some of the others in the ring, trying not to break character and laugh. <laughs> it was so funny. And um, Flair as well. I think the reason he got so worked up and so incensed was so he couldn't laugh because it was just brilliant. Uh, you had to be, didn't he? You had to be irate. Otherwise, imagine breaking character on live TV. But literally, if you look away, I couldn't tell who was who. At one point, I looked away thinking, right, that's definitely Rick. And I look back and it's Jay Lethal elbow dropping his bloody... Oh, it's amazing. So it was great. The yeah. only bit that, that, that was a bit off for me was when Desmond Wolf gets on the mic and takes all the fun out of the room. He's like, oh, shut up, Wolf. Yeah. Get on with the comedy. I know, because it was only like, what? It's like a six-minute clip. I wanted half an hour to an hour just of them. That's my line. That's my line. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, like a fucking... Sounded like a pair of ambulances at one point. It was... Oh, I loved it. Like, for, for all the hardcore barbed wire, blood and fire, you know, that I love, there's that side of things. And, oh, it's classic. I'm going to watch it after this because it just cheers me up. <laughs> once a week. Well, we've talked about it before, haven't we? That wrestling is not just what happens in the ring, it's all the stuff that's outside it as well that goes to make it good. And you know, the strength of a good promo can really put over a a, a wrestler and an angle. And you know, the, the best promos um are the ones that that give you an emotional response. And I just I find wrestling so funny, probably funnier than you do, because I, I, I'm watching a lot of it laughing. You, you, I remember we've watched some previews and you're like, why are you laughing at this? I'm just like, because it's ridiculous. This whole thing is ridiculous. Yeah. And so this was right up my street. And it, it reminded me of some of the promos that like The Rock would do back in the day as well. Um, and, you know, I don't think there's anybody being funnier than The Rock. And we're going to have some of his promos on here. But this was, this was so good. Jay Lethal is brilliant. Ah. Oh. <laughs> I, I can't, yeah, we're going to have to wrap up because it's just in my mind now. It's all I can think of is just, it's just him <laughs> knee dropping his own jacket. It's just fantastic. It's class. So good. So, yeah, there we are for another week then. Four uh, clips, two each, two very similar each. <laughs> we split up. That was, that was the worst English I think I've ever heard. We jumble all those words and put them into a sentence. Yeah, that's your task for next. That's your homework. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> make something coherent, logical, and sensible out of those word salads that I just threw you away. <laughs> so clips each goods, wrestling fun. <laughs> find it, find a verb in there somewhere. <laughs> oh, it's like countdown, isn't it? Yes, two two very different clips that we've chosen each um but yet again our kind of psychic brother wrestling link you know we had two hardcore extreme matches two very different kind of interview segments um yeah just you know the great thing about this is we will have no shortage of clips because you know there's just so many there's no shortage of wrestling and it carries on that's the good thing yes you know, we've we've raided the archives of our youth and our young adulthood, and we're even now moving on to the more modern stuff with AEW. So, yes, I agree. So, yeah, as usual, you can find us on all the good podcast platforms. So, make sure to go there and subscribe. You can also give us a like, five stars, please. Um, if you like us, if you don't like us, just keep that shit to yourself. Okay, we don't want to know. Good point. I always do that. I, I literally do that as a as a person, as a consumer. If I don't like something, I won't shit on them, you know, whether it's a band or an author or whatever, because that's their life. You know, just like this is our life, bro. This is just our universe. But, yeah. At the end of the day, you don't have to consume it, you know. No. But actually, but this, you do. You do have to listen to it. You don't have to like it. You just have to listen to it. Yeah. Get, that, get our numbers up. Yeah. Yeah. Get our Get our hits up. But no, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. Thank you for listening. Connect with us, start some convos. If anyone in your household does a controversial noise linked to wrestling, I desperately want to hear about it. If people want to send us sound bites of their own Ric Flair impersonations, I'll compare to Jay Lethal. And yeah, we'll we'll see you next week. Do do do. <laughs> Bye. Wrestling with my brother. We got a podcast, yeah! Wrestling with my brother!